the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. We kill it every single day with fire here on AM 1420. The answer. Welcome. It is a Wednesday. It's the 15th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord 2021. We have decided to, as we rarely do, forego the Reagan uh, intro to the top of the hour so that we have just a little bit more time. And we do have the full hour, I am told, uh, as promised with our co-host in studio, Congressman Jim Jordan, sitting across uh, the uh, table from me. And uh, answering your questions at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We're going to get as many of your calls in as humanly possible. Congressman, before we go back to our callers, though, and again, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mean, I think this is Thanks for what you do. Well, no, hey, listen, uh, and, and people should know that you volunteered to do this. I didn't have to twist your arm and say, why don't you come in here and talk to the people? You volunteered to say, I want to take questions from the constituents. Where do I want to do that? You wanted to do that right here on the Bob France Authority. I respect and appreciate that. Well, you got that. a great show, and we appreciate great you deal. having us on every week. So before we go to those constituents that you want to hear from, what is infrastructure? Yeah, and and how, seriously, how do you define it? Because I have a feeling it's very different from the way the left defines infrastructure. Oh, I define it the way it's it's uh, you know who said words mean things, right? And and we know infrastructure means roads, bridges, uh, and to some some extent, I think too the the, the sort of the, the high tech information highways, telecommunications, that we have, sure, all all that so that that information can flow because that's what's needed for commerce. You need infrastructure if you're going to have the kind of robust growing economy that we had under President Trump. That we all uh, we all want the country to have. That's infrastructure. Democrats define it as Green New Deal. They 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 talk about human infrastructure now. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're defining amnesty. This was said. This was said Monday in our markup on the bill to uh, the section of the three point five trillion bill that the Judiciary Committee handles is one hundred seven billion dollars of spending uh, that the Justice Department and others are going to engage. But they they said human infrastructure is amnesty, giving amnesty to people who broke the law is actually human infrastructure, and therefore the Democrats define under the infrastructure uh, mm-hmm. umbrella. So th- this is crazy, but this is how the left does, you know, changes language and, and, and furthers their crazy leftist goals. Assuming um, a House victory for the $3.5 trillion infrastructure Green New Deal starter kit reconciliation spending package, mm-hmm. and assuming uh, 100% Republican opposition in the Senate, it's going to come down to getting us one vote yep. uh, from the Democrats. Joe Manchin has said he's that vote. He is not going to support $3.5 trillion. Do you think that he'll stick to that? Can you trust I, him? I, I do. Um, now, will will he settle for something less? You know, there's there's always that, I think, real sure. chance. Uh, and how much less is it? I mean, I'm not going to go for 3.5, but I'll go for 3.49. You know, so I, I hope it's not something like that. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I think he's talking about, you know, potentially supporting something uh, with with much less spending, of course, you know, even 
listen to it. A trillion dollars, that's much less spending than, you know, <laughs> still a lot of money. Um, and so we'll see. I think he is. You know, he's from West Virginia. And, you know, I, I guess what, Wyoming and West Virginia and Alabama, probably the states that were strongest for President Trump. Um, so he understands the, the, the good folks that he gets the privilege of representing in his great state. But um, I, I, think he, I think he'll hold strong. I really do. Yeah, I called it the Green New Deal starter kit because I think the numbers were crunched when it was presented by AOC uh, last year or two years ago and uh, by uh, Kamala Harris in the in the Senate. I think the numbers were $93 trillion would be the end-all price over 10 years or something like that in order to really convert to a, a Green New Deal, a green energy, get rid of all of our fossil fuel, get rid of the, rid of the oil industry, get rid of the, the natural gas, and all of that stuff. And this is $3.5 trillion. Um, so I'm just going to ask you one last question about this kind of thing, and then we'll go to our calls. Are you concerned about the debt overall? I had somebody, a liberal, on uh, a Facebook page that we share. He's not a friend, but he saw one of my comments, and he said, ah, there's France again or something like that, who only cares about the debt when the Democrats are in charge. And he ignored the debt uh, climbing under Trump. And there's some truth to that. I shouldn't say I ignored it. I was concerned about it when President Trump was in power, too. I was freaking out about it for eight years of Obama. Yep. Um, it, the truth is that the debt continues to climb out of control, no matter which party is in the Oval Office. I think that's a real fair thing to say. Well, um, how do you feel about that? Two two points. One is under President Trump, we had this robust, amazing economy, best economy in fifty years, lowest unemployment, wages going up. Today, what we have is debt approaching thirty trillion dollars and inflation at a forty-year high. So that is a much different environment, much different context and framework than what we had under President Trump, because our economy was so robust. Now, should we have tried to hold the line on some some more spending there? Yeah, fine. But what President Trump did was amazing with our economy. That is not happening today. Second, Democrats don't get it. Of course, we have concerns with debt, but Democrats don't. The chairman, the chairman of the House Budget Committee just said last week on tape, he just said, we don't have a debt problem because we can print money. Now, think about that. Melton Friedman is like, what, what? <laughs> like, I, one of, I still remember one of the first times I started to begin to understand basic economics in my high school government economics class. Uh, Mr. Dickert played the free to choose films of uh, Milton Friedman. And now I'm, I'm old enough, and Bob, you may remember this too, where we had the old, you know, the, the, the tape. It was actually a videotape, right? That, that flipped around the thing. And he showed that film, and I thought, this guy makes sense. I was all, like all really good, smart teachers. Like Milton Friedman, they can take the complex and make it simple. And he talked about free markets, free economy, and the money supply. So, but the idea that now the budget chairman, Democrat budget chairman John Yarmuth from Kentucky says, "Oh no, there's never really a debt problem because we can print money." Yeah. Meanwhile, go ask families right now what's the value of their what their wages? What's what's the spending power they now have? It's going down under Joe Biden. It was going up tremendously under President Trump. Well, John Yarmuth, rather than taking. Um his economic cues from Friedman, he's taking them from the bartender from Westchester, yeah, uh, yeah. ADC, uh, yeah. Alexandra Damasio-Cortez, yeah. uh, because she's the one who said, why don't we just print more money? I mean, seriously, she. this is a member of Congress for what it's worth from where she is. But she is, uh, you know, again, the proponent of the Green New Deal. She literally just said, we need to print more money. So. And that's who the budget director is yeah, taking his I cues guess, from. Okay? I guess. But, you know, you would think someone who's chairman of the budget committee would would understand 
fundamental economics yeah, a little better. Day. One would think so. Okay, let's go back to our phone calls now at 216-901-0945 for Congressman Jim Jordan in studio with us this morning. Brian in Cleveland, you're on with the Congressman. Go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, quick, uh, two points real quick. Um, how come the uh, all the people coming across the border are now going to be the Afghan refugee settlement? How come they're not pushing for mandatory vaccinations yeah. on that front. <laughs> and one more real quick, and I'll let you get to it. When is actually somebody going to be held accountable for, you know, say Benghazi, Spygate, the rest of, yeah. you know, everything else going on? When's somebody actually going to be held accountable? Yeah, look, Thanks, I, I always know that used to be the number one question I got. When is someone going to jail? Now the number one questions I get are, you know, uh, uh, the, the election and integrity question and, and who's in charge. Um, so, the the reason they're not uh, the 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 folks coming across our border our southern border and and Afghans coming in the reason they're not the, the same requirements is because the, the the left always has a double standard. Remember Gavin Newsom who just got looks like he's just going to keep his job as governor of, of California unfortunately, uh, but Gavin Newsom while he was going to the five star restaurant hanging out with lobbyists and friends was telling his uh, constituents that oh but you can't have Thanksgiving with your family. So Nancy Pelosi, while he was while she was telling us that we couldn't go to the barbershop or the salon, she was going to the salon. So it, there's always a double standard for these folks, and it's uh, uh, again just just who the left is. The left is always I'm better than you. I'll do it the way I want to, but oh, you have to follow the rules I make. I don't have to follow those, and it's uh, it's frustrating. It's why it's what we try to point out. But members of Congress, we can't hold anyone accountable. Only the Justice Department can. And unfortunately, I don't know that the that the uh, the the Biden Justice Department under Attorney General Garland is going to be doing that. You know, it's 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 one thing for us to be frustrated with the double standard. We can't go here; they can go here, et cetera. But it's another thing when we're talking about livelihoods. Yep. And what Biden has done with this decree that every every company with a uh, hundred or more employees must make sure that their employees are vaccinated, but yet the people who cross the border don't have to be vaccinated. But yet the Afghans who were flown into this country, yeah. uh, uh, you know, unvetted by the way, which is another part of the story, also don't have to be vaccinated. That's the part. Now it's beyond just I'm frustrated, I'm mad. That's a double standard. It's you're going to put me out of work. Yep. You're going to put me on the on the unemployment uh, rolls. Uh, because I'm not vaccinated, but you're bringing literally hundreds of thousands of people a month in who yeah. are who are you know unvaccinated, and you're cool with that. Yes, yeah, and, and they're put on planes in public transportation. And I mean, think about the, yeah. think about the guy right. who's the sales rep for the company with 99 employees. So okay, the the, the mandate from from Joe Biden that he's going to implement here that he talked about a week ago. That's not going to. But when that but but when they say oh, but airlines, you have to. You have to uh, you have to show a vaccine passport to fly on a plane, and that sales rep who travels around the country representing his company, making sales for his company, doing doing good work for his company. What's he or she going to do now? That, that that's again, this that's is right. what's so frightening about where they want to go uh, with their crazy policies. And again, no 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 allowance for the fact that hundreds of millions of Americans probably have natural immunity now, which is. According to the studies, looks like it's much better than the vaccine itself. It's not even looks like anymore. It's proven. I mean, yep. there are 15 yep. different studies that I've seen cited, and the biggest one is the one from Israel, which right. was just last month, that Fauci even admitted, yeah, it, it, it it's not only a much more robust uh, protection than the actual synthetic vaccines being created or the synthetic cocktails being created. They're not actual vaccines uh, being created in the labs. Uh, it's ro- more robust protection, and it is longer lasting. It yeah. is more durable. So. Why they aren't saying we have reached herd immunity, which they told us we needed to get to. If you count those who have recovered from COVID along with those who have taken the jabs, we are there.
Yeah, I heard. Uh, they, uh, I heard Bongino say uh, Bob. Uh, uh, he had a good line. He was, I think, paraphrasing from the uh, the, the movie Moneyball. Uh, he said, uh, "If the vaccine works, why doesn't it work?" Right. <laughs> that's right. That's and exactly it's a, right. It's a pretty because because if the vaccine works, why does Kamala Harris say we need we need protection for the vaccinated? Yeah, okay. we need we need to vaccinate the unvaccinated to protect. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying the vaccine it does work. And if you the older Americans who got my my parents got it, I, I get all that. That's that's important. But allowance for Natural immunity makes so much sense, and the facts are on the, uh, on that side. I, I, I'm a little less enthusiastic about saying it does work. It worked more effectively against the original COVID-19 variant or you know the original uh, virus, uh, but with the new variant, it is completely, I won't say completely useless, but it is almost completely useless. That's why so many more thousands of people who are vaccinated are getting the Delta variant. They're not getting super sick over it, but they are indeed becoming infected right. with it, which means that literally... The coronavirus vaccine is no different than the influenza shots every year. They try to kind of figure this is the strain we think will be the most dangerous, so this is the one we'll put in the shot. And if it's wrong, so sorry. Uh, and, and you're not immune. And, yeah. and that's just the way this is, too. Okay, uh, John in uh, North Ridgeville on AM 1420, The Answer. You're on with Congressman Jordan. John, go ahead. Jim, you're doing an amazing job, but I'm going to make this quick just for the respect of everybody who's waiting to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, with, Joe, with Joe Biden, I mean, he, he pretty much admitted that he was going against the Constitution with the eviction moratorium. Great point. I mean, I mean, how many people run around and, and speak it's against the Constitution, but how many has actually read the Constitution, yeah. uh, going back to anybody who's took an oath? <laughs> Yeah. Um, we started a group called the um, Everyday Constitution um, by a gentleman. He runs it. There's a YouTube page. And every Tuesday we get on there and talk about the Constitution because a lot of people, including myself, have never read the Constitution. Yeah. No, and a- I just don't know how Biden gets away with uh, knowing it was wrong and says he's going to wait for the, the court to make a ruling. Well, and the court did make, did make the ruling, but here we go again with his vaccine mandate. I think deep down he knows this is wrong, too. This is unconstitutional. Uh, you're right. It's the greatest document ever put together. We're the longest-running Republican uh, republic in, in, in human history. Um, that document that starts off with We the People is amazing, fascinating, unbelievable what these individuals put together back in, in, in when they started this uh, this experiment in liberty we call America. So, uh we do need to have a, a, a great knowledge of that, that document and follow it. It served us well, particularly the First Amendment. The First Amendment contains all the key things. Your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government to redress your grievances, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and every one of those fundamental liberties has been assaulted by the Democrats uh, in the Biden administration over the last eight months. Congressman, let's go to uh, Avon Lake again, and uh, this time it's Steve. Steve, you're on AM 1420, The Answer with Congressman Jordan. Go ahead. Hey, uh, good morning, both of you. I'm, I'm just so privileged to get to talk to you. Um, I could ask you 30 questions. <laughs> I have so many. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I actually I want to make a suggestion. It's related okay. to the many problems our country has. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in 94... Uh, the Republicans ran famously with the contract for America to mm-hmm. lay out exactly precisely what they would do, you know, when yep. they got control of the House and the Senate. Uh, I believe that idea, something similar, needs to be revisited by the Republican Party very soon for elections because this uh, there are such sharp contrasts 
between the Democrat yeah. Party and Republicans today on the border, on uh, energy, on you know foreign policy and the military, on, on everything. Yeah. These are all the questions I have, by the way. I just feel that uh, the leadership of the party needs to address very, very quickly that election, you know, that 22 election, and then, of course, the coming 24 election. Uh, okay, Steve, Steve let, yeah. yeah, yeah. let's let the congressman respond no, the, here because we're a little short on it's time. A, it's a great point, and Leader McCarthy and, and on the House side, leader of the Republican Party, has uh, put together task forces on uh, many of these these issues. In fact, there's one on big tech. There's one I, I we get the we I actually chair one on 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 freedom on on First Amendment issues. Uh, so we're in the process of putting that together for next year's campaign, where we will say, here's what we're going to do to protect your First Amendment, Second Amendment liberties, protect the Constitution. Here's what we're going to do to address big tech censorship and and canceling process that they have against uh, uh, conservatives. Here's what we're going to do for energy policy. I mean, think about this. We went from we literally went from energy independence eight months ago. That's right. To now the president of the United States begging OPEC to increase production publicly in eight months. I mean, so we're, those these these key areas, policy areas, we're we're going to have that put together in a document. And this is what Republicans will run on. More importantly, maybe most importantly, if we win. This is what we have to do. Do what you said you would do. That's what we have to focus on. Eight months ago, we were energy independent. Now we're begging OPEC nations to up their production. Eight months ago, we controlled the ground and the skies over Afghanistan and could have gotten out the American uh, people who were there and Afghan friends and allies. The real ones were vetted as such uh, without any problems whatsoever. And now he's publicly begging the Taliban, please, guys, come on, please be professional and businesslike. Please let the Americans out of there. Begging the Taliban. It's 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 beyond embarrassing. All right, it's uh, ten twenty four. Right back with Congressman Jordan after this. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1026. 1026 on AM 1420, the answer. Let's go up to Westlake now and say good morning to Vince. You are on the air with Congressman Jim Jordan. Vince, go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, thanks for taking my call, as always. Congressman Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to tell you thank you, thank you, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Uh, uh, we're all big fans of Bob's, and we're glad that you're on his side, and we're glad that you're here with yeah. us. I love uh, that. I'm, I'm a big fan of Bob, and I'm glad I'm on his side, too. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> well, you know, when you consider who my congressman is here in Westlake, I'm not even going to say his name. You know, I'm, we're, we're, we're really glad that you're here and that you're somebody in Congress is paying attention, which is going right to my point. I know several people this morning have already have asked the same question. I'm going to ask it maybe a little bit different thing is not only where are our Republican congressmen at and Matt, you know, your voice is heard. Your voice is always one that you see on the Hill being talked about. Uh, people like, you know, the, the, the Democrats roll their eyes as, you know, as soon as you ask questions because they know you're coming at them with both barrels loaded. Where are the rest of the congressmen at in the Republican caucus? And more importantly, uh, who are we reaching out to on the Democrat side? Because I, I know outside of the idiots like Schumer and, and AOC and, 
Elizabeth Warren that I, I there's got to be some moderate Democrats that are got to be looking at the situation just like the, the vaccine mandates and just mm-hmm. going on. Hey, this is flat out illegal, man. Yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. We're going to stop mm-hmm. you. Well, uh, yeah, <clears throat> two things I would say. One is I do think there are other there, there are uh, lots of Republicans who are pushing back. Some of them may not be as as um, in the press as, as quite as much as as others. But I, I do feel like our party has come together. You saw this with the impeachment, uh, the first impeachment of, of President Trump, where at, the conventional wisdom was when that started that there were going to be uh, all the Democrats were going to vote to impeach President Trump in the House of Representatives. And some Republicans would join the Democrats. And in fact, it turned out to be just the opposite. Every single Republican voted against impeaching uh, the president because it was ridiculous, of course, what they were doing. And we had Democrats vote with this and one even switch party. So I do think you're seeing us come together and push back on them uh, in a much better way than we did five, six, seven years ago um, when, 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 when it was the Obama administration. Um, so I, I think, I think that's, that's real important. Second is there aren't any, there are very few, I should say very, very few Democrats you can actually work with because the left has, con- has the hard left has taken control of that party and it is it is scary to see. And those who might kind of agree with us and say, wait a minute, this is a little too much. I think some of them are so afraid of facing a a primary challenge from someone from the hard left. I think this is part of Schumer. Schumer's concerned that AOC is going to run against him in a, in a Senate That's primary right. in New York. So <clears throat> it is really tough to work with anyone in the Democrat Party today. I try, but my attitude has, has largely become the Dennis Kucinich's, as we've 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 talked about, they're, they're no longer there. Who can you know difference of opinion, but but have a fair debate and then move on to the next issue. Th- th- that's not them today. They attack us all the time instead. So it's tough to work with. Them. I've taken the attitude: you just got to fight them when they when they start saying things that that about us that aren't true. We got to point out the facts. They don't want us to tell the truth about them. They just want to be able to lie about us. You got to push back on that. And so we try to do it every time. It's one thing I give them credit for. It's one thing I think they have over the Republicans in the Congress is they are much more unified in their willingness to fight and they're in their willingness to lie, quite frankly. They're not going to, they're not going to pretend to work across the aisle. Yeah. They're, they're just going to be what they are. And there are too many, I think, on our side. And, and it's weird to say too many because it should be a noble quality to say, I'm going to think for myself and I'm going to see if I can work with these people a little bit rather than just all of us kind of, you know, form a, uh, you know, a wall here together. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. should be a noble thing. It should be something to be admired, but instead it's, it's a splinter yep. and, and it creates a weakness. If yep. there's one, you know, the old thing about a, about a, a picket fence, if one post is removed, the entire fence is no good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everything, nope. you know, the animals and can I think away. you're going to see more of us Republicans come together and continue to do what we, what we, I think we're doing now. Which is pushing back as a group, which we have to, particularly when they're as crazy as the left is, has nope, become. No question about it. All right, uh, I'm going to ask you. By the way, when you call, and I see the uh, this, I'm talking to people on hold right now too. Try to make your questions as quick as you can, because uh, we're in our last half hour now with Congressman Jordan in studio. I want to get as many people's questions in as possible. So we're going to try to go rapid fire. I'll try to limit my own commentary as much as I can, but try to be quick for the congressman so we can get a lot of people in on AM 1420. The answer. Eleven seventy six. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Attention, social.
social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, we continue now at 1037 on AM 1420, The Answer, with Congressman Jim Jordan, live in studio with us, and I'm told he's able to finish the hour with us, so that's 23 minutes of outstanding awesome we have left for you with Congressman Jordan. (laughs) Congressman, before we go to another call, though, I have a message that was sent to me and actually just walked in, uh, and I want to read it uh, and let you address this. Bob, could you and Jim Jordan address OSU and college mandates? And we were talking generally yeah. about the mandate. I just read on the OSU uh, website under vaccine questions, vaccinated students will still need to be tested because it doesn't stop transmission. They admit that they uh, have to wait and see the data. Uh, also, they only uh, list side effects as soreness or fever, nothing about blood clots and myocarditis. Exemption requests must be in by this Friday and notarized, but very difficult to get a notary near campus, uh, and there's wow. a waiting list. Hoping that Congressman Jordan could address this yeah. this morning. Thoughts on no, it? No, it's uh, just more of the more of the attack on uh, on on freedom and the idea that if you if you got the vaccine you're still going to be tested then why not just be tested right, right. Well, just <laughs> what's the point of the vaccine <laughs> yeah the uh, um and again uh it seems to me the test that you you really want to do is the antibody test to show that you it, to find out if you've had covid and therefore have the natural immunity which we we've, we've talked about in the first hour so um i i think also what happened is didn't didn't ohio state announce that they the vaccine mandate the day after all the tuition payments were due i mean they waited till they had yeah, already everyone they got everyone's money and then now i mean so i, I students I, live off campus just signed their leases for the year and now they can't break them and oh by the way you're not allowed on our campus yeah it's um <laughs> the, the the state legislature is going to have to to look at this and and um certainly it seems to me that if you did this after like the way ohio state did it that if it's Kid wants to transfer. A young, young, young student wants to transfer and go to another university in the state. Tuition payment, get reimbursed the tuition payment. The, the money goes out. that at a minimum. But um, is it constitutional for public universities? You, know, you might say Case Western, which is private, might have the freedom to do this. But is it even constitutional for a public university to deny tuition-paying students uh, access to the campus unless they take a, a toxin into their body that they may not. Of course, it's may not, not constitutional, to. and it's but unfortunately, it takes time to challenge these things and, and get the get get a get a ruling. I don't necessarily think a private in, institution should be able to do it either. I mean, I don't I, either, but I think, just the public. No, I, the public I get the is obvious. Yeah, so certainly. I I love what Governor DeSantis said. He said, "My job is not to." Uh, necessarily just create an environment conducive for business and understand that business can make private. Th- that, that's part of it. But he said, my, my fundamental responsibility is to protect your liberties. And that is the attitude we need from uh, elected officials, particularly at this time when, again, the left is trying to encroach on your freedom so much. Congressman, one more. This is a text message from a friend and a, and a, and a listener. That's a really good question. You, you believe that President Trump is going to run again in 24? Totally. Do you believe he will win? Yes. My friend wants to know, um, do you think the lefts and particularly the mainstream media's uh, attempts in the last two weeks to tie Larry Elder to President Trump cost him? In other words, you know, what about President Trump's popularity? Because Larry Elder ran uh, on a lot of the same principles that, that President Trump governed on. And the left said, and no. even Biden said, was it two days ago, he said, by the way, or maybe it's yesterday. By the way, if you if you uh, uh, vote vote to get rid of Gavin Newsom, you are electing Donald Trump. No, I think it's just California. I mean, California with <clears throat> California's got 
what, twice as many registered Democrats as Republicans. It's got this ballot harvesting. You know, you, 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 everyone, your listeners are well-informed. They know in California you could actually go in your own computer, print off a ballot, you know. And in and, and, and California, the chain of custody of the ballot isn't like it is in Ohio, where Ohio, it's, it's you, the post office, and the Board of Elections. That's all that they can have the access to the ballot. Chain of custody in California is you, some some political hack to another political hack to maybe the post office to another place. You know, it's like, True. yeah, it's like, well, where's the where's the safeguards there? So I think it's I think it's about California. Uh, all right. As promised, we're going to go to as many calls as we can in the time that we have left. So try to make your questions brief for Congressman Jordan so we can get plenty of answers from him. And we're going next to Strongsville. Dennis, you're on the air with Congressman Jordan. Go ahead. Hello. Yes, sir. Dennis, go ahead. OK. I, uh and I hope uh, you can uh, you can dis- excuse me. All right, I'm disappointed in our elected officials. Uh, there's lots of talks, but nothing really gets done. An example: uh, the hearings that are going on now with uh, Blinken. Mm-hmm. Everyone states uh, opens their comments with three or four minute lecture. Why don't you ask? They ask specific questions. Yeah. Try and nail them down on specific dates and actions so that maybe something might be able to uh, be applied for repercussions, you know, not just general comments. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. No, I think I think that's a good point. Uh, we try to approach, we meaning when I get ready for a big hearing, we try to approach it like what is the best use of the five minutes you get. Now, a lot of times now in the, in the judiciary, I'll get an opening statement so I can do some of what Dennis was just uh, critiquing in an opening statement. And then during the five-minute questions portion, which I get that as well, Focus on those specific questions. But you're right. I do think we all got to think about what's the best use of that five minutes so that the American people get the information that's that's important for them to get that can then be used to influence future elections, then be used to influence changes in policy. That's how we try to approach it. And sometimes it is statements. Sometimes it's like pointed questions. Sometimes it's one question that you keep asking. Like I'm, I remember I had an exchange with Dr. Fauci uh, this past uh, this past summer where where I I started with one simple question: When does it end? Give me the give me the 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 metrics, the measurements, the standards, the 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 outcomes. What what do we have to get to for it to end? And he wouldn't answer the question. So I kept asking him for five minutes, and then we got into a kind of a heated exchange. But th- th- that to me was the fundamental point: When does it end? And I think a lot of Americans are continuing to ask: When does it end, Doctor Fauci? You've told us different things. So as as an example, but. I think it is important when you're when you're getting ready for those big hearings with important witnesses. You you it's like it's like sports. You don't win the you don't win the tournament on just the Saturday night finals wrestling match. You win the tournament and all the preparation and stuff you do ahead of time. It's just the way life is. So uh, we need to make sure we focus on that as as members of Congress as well. Yeah, and just to that specific point, we know why he wouldn't tell you what the end is because then it would be that much harder to move the goalposts when we got there. Yep. So they have to keep it open-ended so they can continue the control, and that's just my... I mean, are we probably, on that issue, I bet we're... What are we at? What percentage of people have had the vaccine and have and have uh, had COVID and therefore have natural immunity. I bet it's got to be. 80 I think some, it's eighty percent. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, got to be. How many people? I mean, you know, here's the thing. It, it, what's what's really weird for me is when the CDC they tabulate the number of Americans who have had COVID when they talk about the number of cases, and then they talk about the number of people who have recovered. It's always a very small percentage of the people had it. In other words, 
if you didn't die, you recovered. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's been 600,000 deaths, okay, and that's, again, that's even questionable because we know how they count deaths. But the point is, let's say there's 1.5 million people minus 600,000 who died. That means there's, you know, 900,000 who, 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 who recovered and thus have the antibodies. But the number is always smaller than that with people that they say, quote, unquote, recovered. I don't know why, but yeah. that's what they do. So it's very hard for us to get an accurate number, but I agree with you. If you add the number of people who had it and recovered uh, to the number of people who have gotten their jabs, we are well over what they said would be herd immunity. Of course. So, of course. Okay, let's go next to um, Shaker Heights. Frank, you are on AM 1420, The Answer with Jim Jordan. Go ahead. Congressman, I know I speak for many when I say you're doing an excellent job, and I wish there were hundreds like you. you. Now, let me cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest issue today are getting our hostages out of Afghanistan, and this will be Sleepy Joe's legacy. Would you support military support or military action to get them back out? Well, I think the country would. <clears throat> I think everyone would because, I mean, I have I a number of colleagues who served our uh, country and were, 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 were Marines, were, were, were in the Army, were in the, that, who've, who all cannot believe, cannot believe that the commander-in-chief left Americans in a country where we were, we were, we were at war. So I think the country would say, yeah, if it's a, if it's a rescue mission to go get our people and bring them out, I think the country be, would, would certainly be behind that because this is the United States of America and the United States of America doesn't leave people behind until now, until Joe Biden. So I, I do think the country would be strongly in, in support of that. But yet statistics or, Polling or surveys show that the vast majority of the country were, they were for withdrawing oh, yeah. the troops. And they I, wanted I, for the last you know probably seventeen of the last twenty years. Say okay, let's get out of Afghanistan now. So asking asking them, do you want us to go back in now to get those people out? I I don't know. Well, I think there's a big great point. I'm, I was for getting out. Uh, President Trump was for, for getting out, but President Trump's getting out was to take it down to twenty five hundred uh, of of our of our military there and keep a handle on things and then if the Taliban screws screws up does something wrong boom he's gonna he's gonna let them know that that's wrong um, that was a as as Secretary of State former Secretary of State Pompeo said was a conditions based um, right. withdrawal that's how it's supposed to work that's not what Joe Biden did so there's a big difference between being in Afghanistan forever going back in this huge force that say like some some members of the United States Senate want to do right. I'm against that but go back in just to rescue the people who are left behind. I think the American people support that. Yeah, I, I know we don't support leaving people behind. Yep. It, it shouldn't have ever come to this, but if it, if it, if a rescue mission is needed, it ought to be done. And I hope we don't have to see ISIS K, you know, severing heads on video the way we yeah. did during the you know the Iraq withdrawal that, that Obama butchered. You know, it's, they got a great track record here, by the way, butchering the withdrawal of the troops and and really going against the advice of every single, you know, military and national security and intelligence expert withdrawing the troops uh, uh, when Obama took over from, from Iraq, creating that vacuum that ISIS filled. ISIS was far worse than the, um, uh, you know, than the terrorists we were already fighting in Iraq. So the Democrats have a terrible track record on how to end wars. Okay, um, Sheffield Village next. Scott, you're on AM 1420, The Answer with Jim Jordan. Go right ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, I, uh, I want to uh, ask a question about the uh, the Portman seat. Now, this is that's going to be crucial. We can't put another rhino in that seat. Um, okay. I've been watching this, this race pretty closely, and it seems like there's only one guy who's not having to, to back away from rhino statements and anti-Trump and hating on supporters. Um I was just uh, wondering. Well, who, who's that guy, Scott? Uh, before guess, before the congressman I, I, answers, Josh Mandel is my guy. Okay, I, I'm wondering what's what's keeping you guys from from uh, endorsing. 
Okay, thank you, Scott. Yeah, Go we got it. We got a number of great candidates. I, lo- I like Josh too. Uh, I like I like Mike Gibbons. I like uh, Bernie Marino. Uh, you know, we got uh, the, our former party chairs running. The, the key is it, it's that a Republican wins. Um, uh, but we got a number of good candidates who who think like conservatives and who are a conservative that I think are uh, in in that race. So um, I think it's going to be a good race. I think what I'm going to do is make sure the Republican do everything I can to help the Republican. But I've, I've I've talked with all of them. I've talked with Mr. Gibbons last week, Mr. Marino last week at an event here in uh, up here in Lorain County. Um, and uh, talk- any any FaceTime with uh, JD Vance? I've talked to J- uh, Mr. Vance. Called, talked to me on the phone. He called me. I haven't I haven't <laughs> talked to him face to face, but mm-hmm. he called me on the phone a few weeks ago. And um, of course, Jane was party chairman, and I, I saw Josh at an event last week in uh, Butler County, in in the southern part of the state. So. Um, Good candidates. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat the Democrat and have the United States Senator stay Republican. Are you um, giving any thought to the sixteenth um, congressional race to get rid of Anthony Gonzalez, who impeached, voted to impeach uh, President Trump uh, without due process? Uh, you and I were both at the event President Trump yeah. came to, oh, yeah. um, in yeah, which Max Miller uh, Max appeared. a good guy. Yeah, Max a good guy. Uh, um, there's another strong conservative named Jonah Schultz who is uh, is in that primary fight with Max as well to try yeah. to unseat. Uh, I've not met that in individual, and um, uh, obviously <clears throat> Mr. Gonzalez is, is is a colleague. What I've said is let's let's wait and see how the new law, lines are drawn. You know how it works. Every ten years sure. we redraw lines. We're going from 16 members of Congress in the Ohio delegation down to 15 mm-hmm. so we'll see how those lines are drawn and how those, those races shape up um uh here in, in the next few months we're going to know i mean the next few months we're going to know how 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 the districts actually look all right let's move on to next it'll be oh it's tj tj in cleveland on am 1420 the answer you're on with congressman jordan tj go ahead yeah hi uh it's an honor congressman you know uh, let's rewind a year ago trump's president the vaccines were ready to be unveiled, mm-hmm. and we had Schumer and Pelosi yeah, and all yeah. of them uh, talking about they will not trust any vaccine that's <laughs> developed under the Trump administration. Now, this very same vaccine, these same people are billing as the savior of mankind. Yeah. I would love to hear their explanation on what's changed their mind. To me, it seems very simple. They're playing politics yeah, with, uh, uh, with American lives. These are some evil SOBs, Congressman. They really are. Yeah, and it's uh, and the press never holds them accountable because if the press did their job, the number of contradictory statements it, 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 both sides of the issue they've been on. Uh, there's that vaccine issue. There's the fact that they said they never mandated. Now they are, and you just back and forth. There's the, the fact that Fauci initially said, you know, oh yeah, no mask now, one mask two. Uh, you know, they've been everywhere. Which is, you know, the reason there's, I'm convinced, the number one reason people are, some people are reluctant to take the vaccine. You know what it is? Anthony Fauci. That's the number one reason people are, are, are reluctant, because no one can believe what this guy says. He's been everywhere. The, the, the number one reason that there's reluctance out there to, to, to do the vaccine, I think. Now, now we, now we have data and everything, but it's like, Anthony Fauci has said everything. He's been all over the place. No one trusts this guy, and yet he's still on every stinking day right. out there talking. <clears throat> Nobody believes him. I like you have to be crazy now to believe this guy because he said it. Plus, add to it this one simple fact: at ten thirty, and I, I come back to this so much because this drives me nuts. Ten thirty-two p.m. January thirtieth, twenty twenty, over a year and a half ago, uh, Anthony Fauci gets an email, and that email from Dr. Anderson says. Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory, which is a fancy way of saying, a nice way of saying, 
This thing came from a lab. And Dr. Fauci, for a year and a half, has downplayed that, said, no, 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 you're crazy, Bob France or Jim Jordan, if you think this came from a lab. Yeah, you're crazy, Dr. Paul, if you think that came from a a lab. So, But he he knew from the get-go this thing most likely came from a lab. And if we'd have known that fact and and viewed everything through that lens, it could have changed how we dealt with this. And there may, in fact, we've heard this from testimony from doctors, may, in fact, have helped keep more people alive. Excellent point. That is exactly right. And the recent documents that came out show in the email email chains that Dr. Fauci did absolutely know they were doing gain-of-function research in that lab in Wuhan, despite all of his public condemnation and criticism of Dr. Paul. All right, one more segment with Congressman Jim Jordan coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. The answer. Okay, final segment of the broadcast. I've got about three and a half minutes left. We'll try to squeeze at least two calls into that time with Congressman Jim Jordan as we wrap here. We'll go to, in order of longest wait time, it's Todd in Cleveland. Todd, you're on the air. Go ahead, Todd. Congressman Jordan, I'm calling to make a request that you prepare and introduce legislation for there to be a nationally mandated curriculum on civics in the taxpayer-funded neighborhood public schools in this country, grades 3 through 12, escalating from understanding of city, county, state, and national, so that people have a better understanding of the functions of government and respond better to that. Would you do that, please? Yeah, great point. We had that under President Trump. We had the 1776 Commission to focus on a curriculum that taught real history, taught the truth, and taught about the greatness of this country. And, you know, this this idea that that, that while while not perfect, we're the greatest nation ever. Uh, And and that was the 1776 Commission. And, of course, uh, one of Joe Biden's first executive orders on the first day in office was to get rid of that that commission, uh, which seemed to me to be sort of a uh, sort of tacit agreement with this this crazy critical race theory curriculum that we see in some of our school districts. So you're right. That's the kind of focus we need to have. And Trump was do- President Trump was doing that. Fortunately, the Democrats do we it. do we still make um, um, uh, immigrants who come to this country to become citizens take a citizenship test? Yep. yep. How, how come they have to pass it and our kids don't? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think Todd's right. We need to actually have civics curriculum basic, in American public schools again. Basic standard out there yeah. that, that comes from this type of commission focused on teaching the history that you and I yeah. got the privilege of learning. Yeah, and that would be that would be very important. And I hope uh, I hope uh, what Todd just said is right that maybe you or some one of your colleagues can sponsor something like that to bring that back to our schools. Uh, let's go to Medina. Todd, you're on AM 1420 the answer. Is it Todd? No, it's Tom, not Todd. Tom, you are on the air with Congressman Jordan. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to ask him about a letter I got from the 2021 Conservative Congressional Audit and it was signed by Tom Emmer, a representative. Mm-hmm. And what in, in the body of the letter, he says, we can use the latest technology to build a much more effective voter turnout operation in advance of the 2022 election. Uh, well, it's my opinion, it's going to take more than turnout to win in 2022. What, Congressman, go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Tom's getting at the, the, the concern about the integrity of our election process. A exactly. number of states are doing good things, changing their law, shoring up their law. I feel like we're in, we're in a good position here in Ohio. Uh, we got a number of good races, like in Georgia, for example. One of my colleagues, a member of the Freedom Caucus, Jody Heiss, is running against Raffensperger for Secretary of State. We have good people running for some of these positions. We're doing everything we can to push back. The number one thing that's going to help us 
Number one thing that's going to help us next year to make sure these elections are run the way we, we want them to be run in our great country is everyone's watching. The observance level is going to be off the charts because we're on notice. We're going to make sure that this stuff is done the way it's supposed to be. Congressman, I know everybody is watching. I promise you today everyone was listening. Thank you so very much for coming in, talking to your constituents, talking about this great state state, rather, and our great country. I appreciate you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate all the good work you do. That is all the time that we have. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, W273DG, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.